there are actors in the industry that are very advanced and others that have, that have thought over the years that throwing money at problems or problems, you know, and, and I think this is what we were discussing a little bit before, right? Is that if you need traffic, you're going to throw millions of thousands to campaigns that are going to generate nothing but clicks and that are not going to convey. Now, if people don't ask them themselves the questions, why am I spending so much money and not converting anything, then, you know, the, the, there is a problem. People by now should have been educated, right? And with tools like ours, like yours, like others, you know, they have the visibility, they have the, the, the they have the knowledge in their hand, the, the power in their hand. I'm John Wright, and you're listening to Affiliate BI, the business intelligence and affiliate marketing podcast brought to you by Statstrom. Welcome to the Affiliate BI podcast. Today, we're speaking with Clemence Dujardin. Uh, she is the group CEO of My Affiliates and has extensive uh, background in iGaming and affiliate marketing. I'm always enjoyed chatting with uh, Clements uh, because she's got a lot of insight and I'm very happy to have you on the show. Thank you, John. I'm really, really happy to be here. So let's get started by talking about what is your story of how you ended up in the B2B space that led you to become the CEO of My Affiliates? Goodness, it's a long story. Uh, it's a very long story. I started, I started in the gaming uh, industry a bit more than 15 years ago, probably 17 years ago, and I started in a poker company. I knew nothing about iGaming, you know, I was in Malta, I've worked in tourism, worked for a government entity. Um, and I said, okay, I need a change of career. I need to find something new. So there I go. And I, you know, applied for a job. It was an online poker. Uh, it used to target the States at the time, running on micro gaming. And I started at support, right? Because that's where, that's where you start. You know, and when you know nothing and at the time, not many, not many people knew anything. So that's where we all started from. And I started there and I quickly, um, I quickly enjoyed it, right? I quickly enjoyed it because it's, uh, it was fun, dynamic, uh, things changed every day. I was learning a lot. Um, so I, I stayed there for a year or so, and then the owner decided to pack up his bag. Uh, go back to wherever it came from with the money of the company and whatever. So that was my first trigger. You know, and at the time it, ha it happened, you know, it still happened today, but it happened more at the time. So moved on to another company and again, lack of, lack of stability and things like that. I was growing up my son on my own at the time. So I said, okay, you know, this instability can't keep going, but I don't want to leave the industry. And, you know, over the years I had been exposed to, uh, to affiliate marketing because I had been an affiliate manager and, and, and I said, okay, let me try to jump on the other side. You know, let me try to go on the software side of it. And that's where I, I worked, uh, I was employed by NetFA at the time, which, you know, is still on and still doing well. And, um, that's where I started in B2B. I started in B2B with NetFA and learned a lot, uh, and, and then moved on to my affiliates. And the rest is history, basically. And when you think about B2B, like it's kind of got a, maybe a bad uh, name of being boring to boring. Uh, when do you think everything started to change where people started to have interest in what you do, not only as a company, but understanding that there's a lot of power behind uh, the data? Well, let's make it clear. There are still tight men in gray suits with their, you know, very polished shoes that are, are lingering around, okay? It's not all fun. They're asking those people. But I think it started becoming 
less boring when people uh, and started understanding the power of data, right? Making a decision based on, on, on data, on understanding where the markets were going. There also when innovation came in, when uh, automation came in. So th th there were a lot of things that started making our B2B business more fun because it's easier to sell a product and the, the minute it's easier to sell a product because you, are, you, you know where you're going and you can make predictions, then you become more relaxed. Your, your message starts changing. You address people in a different way. Uh, you're more fun on, on the outside, for the outside world. Okay, so you, so, so you start addressing your, your audience with differently. I think that's when it started. And before jumping on this call, uh, we had a quick chat uh, just talking about a lot of different things about industry nuances. And I wanted to ask, uh, like, what kind of uh, pain points do you think operators experience in running their business? And maybe share some insights where people have all the valuable tools at their hands, but they don't always make use of them and they don't always make use of the data. So I just want to know if you can share some insights as to why our industry maybe isn't as advanced as where it needs to be and what needs to change. I think... Uh... There are, there are actors in the industry that are very advanced and others that have, that have thought over the years that throwing money at problems or problems, you know, and, and I think this is what we were discussing a little bit before, right? Is that if you need traffic, you're going to throw millions of thousands to campaigns that are going to generate nothing but uh, clicks and that are not going to convey. Now, if people don't ask them, then have the questions, why am I spending so much money? and not converting anything, then, you know, the, the, there is a problem. People by now should have been educated, right? And with tools like ours, like yours, like others, you know, they have the visibility, they have the, the, the they have the knowledge in their hand, the, the power in their hand. So it is very difficult to see why it's happening. I think competition is fierce, right? And, uh, and entering new markets in particular is very, very difficult. And there is the pressure of uh, always being at the top, which is not always easy. And you have the companies that, you know, rather than think, uh, thinking with data, so thinking, looking at what they're doing and say, okay, this is, you know, that this is where we invested. We didn't make that much money. We need to change this and this. They just keep throwing money at the problem, which we, we know that it doesn't work. Do you think things are going to change where throwing money at the problem is not just going to be normal where there's a lot of casinos or online gambling operations or even affiliates that just by existing, they make money. But do you think there's going to be a big separation where because the more advanced companies are using data, using tools, do you think this is going to be a change where um, the status quo is not going to be what it, what we've always known it to be? Wait. In, I would say I was hoping for that, right? But with the, with the U.S. markets, I've been slapped in the face, okay? Because actually, the U.S. market should have learned from everything that's happened over the last 20 years, right? And they should have known that they were skilled people and people that understood, you know, online gaming and how to run marketing campaign and how to do this and the other. And they should have gone and tapped to the knowledge of the people. What we've seen... So far, what I've analyzed so far of the U.S. market is that, yes, it's a giant market. Not many people understand much about it. Uh, a lot of money has been spent, you know, and there is a lot of major acquisitions because they're trying to pick up each other from 
you know, losing every penny they have invested so far, about four, two or three. Okay. So I was hoping that globally it would, but I'm not completely convinced, you know, that it's actually happening. I agree. I think we've maybe, it feels like we've taken a step back where we thought it was obvious. Like, I think from our experience in the industry, we just felt like, like you wouldn't do this, but it did happen. So I think you're right. It's kind of a weird insight that we've taken a couple steps back, but I think uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, with the mergers and acquisitions, that kind of finds a way to fix all problems. Does it? Maybe. Well, we'll get into that. Uh, that's uh, mm -hmm. another question coming up very soon. Yeah. But I want to go into talking about affiliate programs that like going back into the problem of people not looking at their data. What are some of the ways you think a, a, a program could improve their conversion rate? And what do you think the operators should do to try to just basically not just get more affiliates to solve a problem, but look at their current data and go, you know what, there are ways of solving this. And maybe they just don't have a, a the ability to compare themselves versus other operators. I think there is, there is, there is always the problem of not being able to understand what and how the competition is doing really and truly, right? You can't get that inside data. So it's always very difficult to know how, how you're doing compared to the other or at the company level, right? So I feel it's hard. Uh, the luxury and the benefits of, of having that information because they know, you know, that on an operator, this campaign works, but on the other one, it doesn't. And so they have a much better insight than operators have. Now, how do we make that, that information circulate? Is there an interest for affiliates to actually circulate that information? I don't know. Now, operators, operators have a major problem, I think. And, um, I think they, within the affiliate marketing team, there is a knowledge issue. There is a, there is a problem of human resources. The good affiliate managers that were there 10 years ago have grown, have taken more responsibilities, have taken different positions. And, uh, and right now there is a struggle of finding people that understand the business. Okay. We haven't done much about it because, you know, there are courses here and there. There are online, but there is nothing in depth. There is nothing that is really focusing on how do we make an affiliate manager being a profession rather than something that you learn on an eight hour course, you know, and because that's not the way it works. So operators have problems and, and, and I, I think it's, it's get, going to get a little bit worse before it gets better, before these new affiliate managers actually understand the crux of data, understand that everything is there at their fingertips. They just need to look at it and say, you know, okay. And they also need to communicate more with their affiliates. Very often I feel that, you know, it's a bit of a battle. It's affiliate manager against affiliates, you know, and there is always that, that trust issue where one thinks that they are going to Still, the other one, and, and, and you know, there, that trust isn't there. After all these years, we haven't managed to sit down all together, open the book, and discuss all these open issues, you know? And, and I think that the only thing that needs to happen is actually trust and exchange of information so that, so, so that everybody gains from it and everybody learns and make more, more money, make their operations much easier. But how do we get that? That's a very good question. Yeah. 
I know we've uh, had some of these chats at conferences talking about, you know, what needs to change. And I think, uh, yeah, not to pick on the entire affiliate management community, but I think you're right. It's, there are some great courses out there, but they're only like, like you said, up to eight hours. And I think, uh, no one goes to school for affiliate management. It's, uh, you don't really have a path and I'm not even sure if there's too many communities that support affiliate management. And I think, um, I think you're right. It's probably going to get worse before it gets better because what, what I see on the, on the ground of having like 2000 affiliate accounts is they're more focused on sales than they are trying to build a relationship. And even when we had our sites, which we sold recently, um, affiliate managers would approach us. It's the same mindset. I want the number one spot, but they don't use uh, data. They don't know how to use tools like Ahrefs or similar web, or maybe even deep CI to analyze. Like maybe there's other parts of our website and our traffic that would actually be more beneficial for them to ask for. And to ask for it, you need to build a relationship. And it's just all these things are thrown out the window. Relationship building plus knowing what to actually look for. Absolutely. So let's talk into mergers and acquisitions. So uh, recently in the iGaming space, we had Better Collective acquire Playmaker for, I think it was 176 million euros. And Gig acquired Cafe Rocks for 35 million. Uh, do you think the big affiliates are only going to get bigger? And I'll, I'll leave it at that question. And I've got two more follow-ups. Yes, big affiliates are only going to get bigger. And um, I, I, you know, I think, I, I, I think it's a bit part of a natural cycle, right? It's, uh, it's how organizations go, you, you know, and it's, uh, it's by buying others that are doing well. And um, so then they can generate more cash. So yes, that, and it's also part of the cycle of the strengthening of the industry. We saw this with operators. We're still seeing it with op operators to a certain level. And we saw that uh, with Katina Media. Katina, Katina was one of the ones that started this, um, you know, this, this measure of an acquisition of affiliate sites. And I think the, the model to a certain point has proved successful until, you know, they decided to go elsewhere and, and break this business business in a way, but it was a, a successful business model and I think they did, did it quite well with it. So a second part to follow up on kind of the same theme is how do smaller affiliates compete? And do you think all this consolidation hurts uh, some of the operators in the sense that if they have less pool of affiliates to deal with and it's the bigger ones, um, the assumption is that the bigger affiliates, the, the margins get smaller because they're commanding larger commission deals like higher rev share, higher CPA or higher flat fee higher flat fees? I personally, I can't say how, if it continues like this, small affiliates can, can keep competing, right? Uh, if, if you look at the landscape, the regulation, uh, the, the competition, the, you know, the, the, the constant demand of more, more and more, uh, plus the hit, you know, small affiliate takes as much as big affiliates when operator close down, don't get paid, you know, money vanishes, you know, there is so much these small affiliates can, can take, you know, and, and I don't think it's being very easy on them, but is it the law of the jungle? Is it the way it works in any industry? Is that, you know, if you're small and you have the power and, and, and the, and, and the, the guts and, and the will to make whatever you're creating better and bigger, then you're going to be up there. But then, dear, if you just want to do this, 
just like this, then you're going to leave me as you are. You know, I don't think it's particular to, to our industry. It's everywhere. You're always going to have industry leaders and you're always going to have these little, you know, companies that stay there, that are happy, that are living with what they want, you know, that living with what they're making, but that's it. Yeah, I think it's it's that situation of, um, you know, gone are the days when you could just create an affiliate site, rank without even trying. I think you got to put more effort into it. And I think it's kind of what we expect. It's uh, you got to put in a quality effort if you want to, you know, have a chance at, you know, being an affiliate rather than, you know, maybe 15, 20 years ago. I remember being an affiliate manager and just seeing like these accounts. I'm like, I could create that same Absolutely. WordPress website. I'm like, this is way too easy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, now it needs investment, right? It, you need to invest from the get-go. You need to invest in your SEO. You need to invest, you know, in, in your Google Ads. You need to invest in your content. You need to uh, invest in in your own research, you know, to to, to, to be there and uh, understand it. So so it's it's not anymore. I have a website and put some links. And if I'm, if I'm lucky, I get four hits this month, you know, make some pocket money and I'm, and I'm done. It doesn't happen like this anymore. So I want to talk about my affiliates and the growth it's had over the history of the company. And it's been uh, quite an impressive one where, you know, just standing back as an affiliate, you see my affiliates everywhere. I'm just wondering if you're able to share what my affiliates is working on for 2024 and beyond. Okay. So that's interesting because, you know, we want to share a lot, but we can't share much, right? Of course. Because, you know, <laughs> you don't know, listening kind of thing. And so... Uh, anyone that has been working with the products uh, has understood that we have invested a lot uh, over the last past three to four years into moving from being a system which is affiliate-centered to being uh, a system that is player-centered, right? Because when the product was created 15 years ago, uh, we needed to know, or you needed to know, how much the affiliate was earning, okay? And that's it. Now, how much the affiliate is earning is really the bottom line. but Everyone needs to understand how the earning is becoming. Okay. So we need the people, operators need, need to understand the players, the player journey, the player's market. Uh, they need to understand also, you know, the difference in, uh, in the channel. So where the traffic comes from in which channels, because they also have a lot more to report in, um, into jurisdiction, different taxes and so on and so forth. So we've invested a lot in that. So now what we're doing here with strengthening. So there are percentages that, that, that we're missing, you know, and, and this is going to be, you know, probably closed by the end of the year. And we're also uh, going to focus on being, uh, having that measure to be more independent of the system, you, you know, so more automation, investing probably a bit more uh, in AI, uh, probably investing a little bit more in the front end instead. So uh, what affiliates are seeing and what they're able to do. Uh, so so we have a long journey ahead. We know where we're going. Unfortunately, I'd love to share my turnover board and then <laughs> this is what you're going to see next year. Yeah. But I, I totally understand how it is. I mean, uh, for what we do, we have a few competitors and uh, we're considering being a, uh, what's the word? It's uh, where you're a bit more uh, build in public. So. I don't think any uh, affiliate software is uh, brave enough to do do building in public, but I think you've got too too much fierce competition. Yes, yes, I know. I, I we wouldn't jump into it. I mean, I know we wouldn't, you know. And because it's also because you raise expectations, right? 
very often when when uh, when you start developing some something, you, you plan, you, you have a timeline. But when you're building on code that has that is getting older, and you also have to go and rebuild the older codes to build on top of something, uh, those timelines run away. So the more expectation you give, then the more, the more difficult it is to you know to deal with the clients and the expectations or whatever. So staying in the background and, you know, announcing things when they're out makes our life easier. That's the truth. So how do you think operators and affiliates could use AI to make better use of their data? Or is this another question that you don't want to answer because it also gives uh, too much insight to what your no, company's working I think, on? I think AI can help affiliates definitely on understanding much more, you know, the, the, their traffic, their, their own traffic, right? Very often, affiliates have web pages, uh, they have links, uh, but it's a bit of a closed box, you know, they, uh, understanding there are clues that are going to show you where the player came from or whatever, but you can actually start drawing player behaviors with, um, with, with all this. So I think AI can be absolutely a tool. I mean, if you look at Sportsbook, I mean, if you have AI-generated odds that can give you live odds on the spot, you know, on, on the next five seconds, this is brilliant. You know, it's uh, it, it's something that is used and is going to be used more. Uh, what else? And identifying high, very, very, I mean, um, high-value players, you know, and how do you target those players? How do you make them play? How do you, how do you cross-sell them? How do you keep them? So, so all these, I think, are, are things that in the end is going to change our life because now uh, you need to put many, many reports to put all that together. AI probably is going to, you know, once you have put all these reports into your chat GPT and it's going to split the answer for you. So it's going to save you a long, uh, you know, analyze, an analysis process as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think when you start looking at the different companies that exist on the sports betting side, it's easier for us to visualize what's happening. And mm -hmm. I know companies that I follow in the iGaming space um, that I think are interesting, that I know relate to data and AI will be able to be applied, are companies like Greco that help with bonus abuse. And there's another company, Golden Whale, which looks to see how they can optimize uh, player values. So I think you're right that these are tools that Maybe it's going to accelerate, uh, you know, this uh, M&A growth and maybe it's going to accelerate um, the top companies getting even stronger. Yeah, but, and then there are simplest way, right? Uh, I mean, I, I think I was speaking to a client here yesterday and he said, um, you know, can we use uh, your manual and your FAQ to upload it in our ChatGPT so that our own, you know, our on support people, stop asking us questions, but actually ask ChatGPT and we feed those information. So even in terms of support, our support is going to go become better and more efficient, you know? Right. Well, so, so, and, and when you have business like ours that, that don't necessarily have uh, a support agent after 10 o'clock in the evening, but you know, you have a Brazilian client that still have a question, you know, if you have this kind of tools, the, the, the client is still going to be saved. Uh, to a certain extent, without needing a human, there will always be the need of a human at the end. But it bridges a lot of gaps that right now we're not we're not bridging. Right. Well, that makes sense. I, I'm hearing these uh, these discussions with uh, companies like Intercom, where they're looking to build, you know, just smarter ChatGPT powered 
type of customer support as just one of many things we can do. Yeah. So what do you see as the future of affiliate marketing as it intersects with business intelligence? It has always been intersecting, right? I mean, I as long as I can remember, uh, or maybe not as long as I can remember, but I, uh, it, it is, they are two industries that complement each other, right? And uh, affiliate marketing cannot happen without business intelligence and business intelligence cannot, or can live without affiliate marketing, but not in this sector. I mean, we do different things. We, I mean, of course, we drive uh, as affiliate marketing software to give more business intelligence. And we will always strive to, um, to give more insight. But of course, we have part of the cycle that is missing for us, right? Because we only get uh, limited informi information about the players, for example. So that needs to happen outside our system. Same for the operator. The operator has a limited access to their own data and they need hours to be put into a, a, a BI system to, to actually live and give insightful information. So I think they're complementary. And I think we need to invest more in BI. BI need to speak to, more, to, to, to us more in terms of what are the needs so that actually the, the industry can keep growing with intelligence. So if we're complaining that there isn't enough intelligence into the industry and we were saying what affiliate managers and whatever. It's only if we actually in, improve our tools by complementing each other, by speaking to each other and giving, maybe, you know, what we're giving is not as simple. Maybe we need to simplify it and, you know, and collaborate more so that we actually give things that are obvious and in your face where it's easier to make decisions. No, I agree. I think, uh, you know, business intelligence has been touching everything for the last 20 years, if not longer. And it's always been in affiliate marketing. But I think, you know, the one reason why I wanted to do this podcast was to take these conversations that are happening at the conference and kind of bring them out where, okay, yes, it's going to be on video and audio, but eventually it's going to be transcribed. And hopefully, uh, you know, discussions like this uh, end up in the hands of those affiliate managers and those operators that need to look at uh, their business in a different way and also the data. Yeah, absolutely. Clements, it was a pleasure chatting with you. I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, next week in Malta. How can people get a hold of you and tell us, uh, um, you know, wh where they can get a hold of uh, my affiliates as well? Um, I'm also looking forward to have you at dinner next week. Uh, I can't wait. So to get in touch with us, sales at myaffiliates.com. That's as easy as that. And uh, we have billion people that get in touch. And we can include that information in the show notes, including maybe a couple uh, LinkedIn uh, profiles and accounts. Absolutely. Clements, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, John. It was a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to the Affiliate BI podcast. I'd like to take this time to ask for a small favor to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. That helps us expand our reach to rank higher in podcast directories and reach more listeners.